0: Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at the or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the OC Movement. Thank you, Carrie and Megan and, and Movement Church. I'm really excited to be here and and, um, you know, I'm part of an organization called ARC, and we work with uh, couples and church planters and starting new churches. And the very first time that I got was there assessing uh, potential planters is when I met uh, Carrie and Megan. And I knew they had uh, something special, and and um, it's just been great. Just coming to this property, the venue here is just great, beautiful. Got to take a look at the children's ministry, and uh, I'm just really proud of all that you guys are doing, and and I just want to encourage you to, sometimes when you're up close and personal, you, you get used to things, but you you have some phenomenal pastors, and it's important to honor them and give, I want you just give a hand clap uh, of encouragement to these guys. They've done such a great job, and um, Holly and I have been pastoring uh, Oasis for 33 years and we started a little uh, Bible study in in somebody's home and and um, we didn't have anybody like Ark or um, other people to say you, you don't want to do that or maybe you should rethink that one and so we we stayed small as a church for a long time so until um, we figured some things out but you guys are just doing phenomenal and, and I'm really uh, proud of you guys and our church in LA is um, uh, really diverse, I mean, just being in L.A., people are diverse, you know that, Um, but in our church, racially diverse, and um, so we did a survey recently, and it averaged about 23% of uh, of our congregation being 23% uh, black, 23% Latino, 23% Asian, 23% white, and the rest were like a mixture or weren't sure which ones they were and um so it's cool um we really love that part of of our city and love that part of our church and sometimes i i wish i was a little more ethnic i don't know if you can tell but i'm white and um, my dad was white and my mom was really white so that's me and but the, once I get to know people, if people are, like, Italian or Latin, if they get upset, people just go, oh, that's that Italian blood, you know. But if you're a white guy and you get mad, they just go, that guy's a jerk. <laughs> and so, you know, you just got to live with that. But um, I try my best. So nobody goes, oh, that's that great white fire that we've all heard about, you know, they're just... We'll leave it at that. But anyway, we love uh, doing what we're doing. And today, uh, I want to talk to you about pursuing and reaching your dreams, discovering your dreams. And maybe uh, some of you have left dreams behind that need to be reawakened. And uh, maybe some of you are pursuing dreams that you need to leave behind. <laughs> and uh, so um, we want to talk about that. You know, L.A., you hear talk about the dreams all the time about 100,000 people a year move in and move out of Los Angeles and coming to look for their dreams to search you know, reach their dreams and but it's not just an LA or Hollywood thing everywhere i go and i'm involved in a lot of missions work so kids in Africa adults in Africa to Hollywood Haiti to Orange County you know, it doesn't matter if you're young, teenager, senior. People have dreams in their life, and um, I, I believe it's just part of who we are. And so, um, interpreting and figuring out how to which ones are the right ones to, to go for, and how to how do you reach them, is what I want to talk to you about today. And um, Holly and I, um, for about eight years went scuba diving regularly throughout the year and regularly i mean in uh when it's hot and we're in a location where it's hot we never really went diving (laughs) off of california because it's too cold well we would dive in different places we were out on vacation and and uh, warm waters and uh, but one time we were in florida for a conference we had a couple extra days and there we saw this brochure of a, a feeding the shark dive and so you, the brochure tells you about like they're nurse sharks and so um apparently they don't eat people and and so you dive down and 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 so we signed up for that because you know after a while coral is coral and fish are fish but um so we went down and we were like about 40 feet down or something, and so the instructor has us all kneel down on the bottom, and we are in a circle, and then he's in the middle, and he opens up this little uh, uh, box or bag of fish bait and holds it out, and then, like, instantly, 12 to 15 shark coming and around and swimming. And then then it's when it dawned on me that I had some questions... I should have asked before I was in this position. And there's no way to go like, uh, do they know that they're not supposed to eat us? Because, you know, I can't tell the difference of a nurse shark and like a uh, human eating shark, a tourist hungry shark, or and then then just like... Uh, has there been ever been a dive that went terribly wrong that I should know about, or can they tell? How, can they tell the difference between little fishies and diver fingers? You know those kind of things. And um, but we survived. Um, I can't really say much for the other guys, but um, I think we all did. I just really wanted to survive and not be on Shark Week, you know, that I didn't plan on being. But I think sometimes we. Um, take hold of a dream that we come up with or that is in us, and we just jump into it, and we're right in the middle of this, and we think, you know, maybe I should have sorted this out a little bit or thought it through or gotten some advice or prayed about it. or, And so we're right in the middle, and now we have questions. And so hopefully today... Uh, I'll give you some things to think about and you can uh, pray, ask some questions and and just learn about things that might help you reach the dreams of your life. And and uh, I think about this scripture in Proverbs, Proverbs 13, 12, that says hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And uh, I, I, I. Really believe that this picture of a tree of life is like our soul, that in our soul is a sense of fulfillment and a reason to live and and enthusiasm when there's a there are dreams in our life. And then the opposite is true, that that without a dream, uh, we die a little bit on the inside that we lose a little reason for living without those dreams. I think it's part of the plan because God is a dreamer and he created us in his image and and we have dreams. And so uh, today, um, you know, we're talking about this book, Unlock Your Dream, and um, uh, it just came out a couple months ago. And um, we have a few copies here, but if you really want to help, you could get it at Barnes and Noble. (laughs) And that would be awesome or or Amazon. But um, let's see, I wanted to just read the uh, uh, dedication just to sort of set the message. But it says to all the dreamers who imagine a higher version of your story to all the dreamers who have stumbled or been knocked down along the way, who've been disqualified, dismissed or overlooked, whose dreams are locked up somewhere in your soul, but. Still have a flame of hope burning inside that causes you to imagine what could be. So this is the the heart of where we're going. And so there are a lot of keys, but here's three today. Because I thought if I did three keys, then Carrie might invite me back to preach again. So the first one is uh, everyone has a dream to pursue. And I kind of implied that already, but uh, I don't know, maybe you have uh, a dream to start a business or uh, go to school, get a degree or to start a family, um, maybe to go into ministry or something like that. We have different dreams in our life and we all have that and we have that capacity to dream. That capacity to dream is a gift that God's given us. And it's so crucial for us to be aware of that. And, um, you know, um, it's, it's true that some dreams we start out with as kids. And I think about Paul in First Corinthians 13. This is in your notes. But um, uh, it, he says, when I was a, a child, I thought like a child and spoke like a child and understood like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So there, there may be dreams that we have to put aside. So it's there. First Corinthians 13. If you don't believe me, you can Google it. That's that's how I get a lot of guidance. I Google, what does the Bible say about? Um, so here's the good news. You get to have more than one dream. Because when I really started pushing into this, I, thought, I realized that people say, what's your dream? And I feel like there's a lot of pressure to get it right, you know. Uh, but... You can have more than one dream. You can have dreams of where you want to go on vacation or places you want to visit or thing, people you'd like to meet and thing you know, uh, where you'd like to live and so forth. But but there are other things that I, I call God dreams that God's given us some dreams to fulfill that are about purpose, about um, our reason for being here. And uh, it, it is so fulfilling to discover those God dreams and here's the tension is that the other dreams are good and are great practice for us to learn how to to manage dreams and and make decisions in our life. But what we want is to those dreams would not take us away or take us sideways from God dreams in our life, but they would lead us toward it. And so um, there's more. I love it that there, there's more than one that we get to have, you know, so. Um, Your dream doesn't have to be about some kind of magnificent achievement that's going to change the world for everybody. Uh, But it does have to change someone's world because we're here to make an impact on others. Because that's why uh, that's the heart of God. That's God's dream is to reach people. That's why God sent his son Jesus was for people. And that's why we follow him, and we are a light in this world. So uh, it's very exciting when we begin to de- 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 uh, define it and understand. You know, um, if, you, if you're an artist, there's a big focus on being unique. You know, and everybody, really, we're all unique, right? And that's why, you know, we have fingerprints. That's why the cops like to get your fingerprints, I was told. Um, <laughs> because we're all unique. But if you think about it, being unique is like everybody else. So being unique is like one of the least unique things you could be because it's kind of taken up (laughs) by everybody, ironically. So it's not just about being different so everybody notices you. It's just about being who you are, who God's created you to be, and discovering that personal thing. And, um, you know, there are no dreams that help others that aren't worthy of pursuing, you know. So um, um, I, I realized that as we're understanding these dreams and sorting out these God dreams is that sometimes we struggle. And often we'll, we'll say, well, if it's this hard, maybe it's the wrong thing. And uh, I have found out that. Difficult things, just difficult times come in every season. And throughout 30 years of ministry, every huge anniversary celebration happens at the same time I'm managing some huge crisis. So I'm in the celebration gatherings trying to shift back and forth in my head between, yay, look at all the things God has done. And, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do when I get home about this? And so uh, you can't put your focus. I mean, when I told you that when we first got started, we were small for a long time. And all my friends, their churches, just blew. all the churches that I went to, I, I came to Jesus in the Jesus movement that started here in Orange County. We just sang songs and talked about Jesus and people came by the thousands. So that was my uh, vision. Yeah. That was my plan. And uh, they stayed away by the thousands. <laughs> and so... The first week we had church, there was like 60-some. Then the next week, there was like 32. The third week, it was like 22. And I was like, man, they're going to call me Pastor uh, Benjamin Button here. I'm getting smaller as we go on. Got to start this whole thing over. But I I doubted many times if I got this right or if God missed it or... um, we picked the weirdest location. We didn't have anybody like Arc to go, here's some good ideas and here's some terrible ones, which, by the way, you're doing all of those. But um, we picked a school, a little elementary school, and you had to go up a winding road to up in a place. You had to want to be there, like they were handing out cash or something. It's like a treasure hunt. And um, we... Uh, we, you had to go up this street called Havenhurst, and right there was uh, where Michael Jackson's family lived. And so every Sunday I'd be driving by, either going to church or coming home, and there's like a little crowd of people that would be out in the front of these gates. And I didn't know that's where they lived. And then people were telling me, oh, yeah, that's Michael's family, and sometimes Michael's there. But they wait for the gates to open and a Jackson to come out. Uh, I would assume Michael or Janet, probably not Tito, but, um, you know, they'd be, oh, oh. and so one Sunday I'm coming home and I'm like, Lord, there are more people in front of Michael Jackson's house than in our church. I mean, I do better to come out here and sing to them. And uh, so you just have to focus on on the God dream and keep going. And, and it's just like honoring him. In, in Proverbs um, 17, 21, it says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And uh, it's important for us to understand his, his purpose. A, a pastor friend of mine tells the story of grandparents, who were one of the few people that had tickets to go on the Titanic's initial cruise, uh, one and only, um, But they were so excited. They saved money. They changed situations in their life. And they had these tickets. And they were so pumped about this opportunity. And as it happened, that uh, because of circumstances beyond their control, they had trouble getting to the location and getting there. And as they come up to the dock, the ship is sailing off. And they were so heartbroken. They saw their dream sailing off in the distance. And, in fact, the Titanic was called the Ship of Dreams. And we know the rest of the story, but they didn't. And so they're watching their dreams fade away and... But sometimes we see situations, and we think, oh man, this is not good, but we don't understand the God picture of it. And sometimes those things are, look like great opportunities that we missed, are God's way of helping us. I got to pray, Lord, protect me from my own dreams and fantasies that might turn out to be a nightmare. And, uh, you know, the perspective is a big part of it, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, uh, even with the Titanic, it's like, to the lobsters in the kitchen, it was a miracle. Day, hey, I'm free, you know. But the rest of us, it was a bad deal. So I'm from LA. I just think differently. That's all. I want you to know. I don't know how old everybody is here, but I'm 63, and um, married this young thing over here. And um, but it doesn't matter how old you are. And it's not too late to start pursuing a dream or uh, bringing a dream alive again. And um, we, we started this organization called generosity.org and we do wells, water wells in developing nations. And I started that when I was about uh, 54, 55 years old. I was, I was cruising around the speed limit right then. And that's people start going, what sh- how should I retire? But you never know what God has for you. And I like what the says in Acts chapter two. It tells us that uh, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all your people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I believe that dreaming and having vision is a work of the Holy Spirit. It's part of what he does in us. And, um, you know, I see this as saying young men. And women, young, old men and old women will dream dreams and see visions and and don't misunderstand that dreaming dreams is like, oh, I dream about what it used to be. But it's like now that I've been this far, I dream like what could happen if we all work together. And so uh, I'm just excited uh, about what God still could do in our life. And. Um, I do. You do know when that you're getting old when people talk about you in front of you, and uh, so they're like, you know, he's 63. He can't preach forever. And I'm like, I'm right here. I'm like, do I look like I'm dying or something over here? You know, and um, I thought my uh, Beats by Dre hearing aids would keep me a cool factor, but they overlooked that. But anyway, um, I'll tell you about a God dream. I thing is that God dreams are always about helping people, yep. loving people, reaching people, including people, and um, that's human nature to start out our dreams thinking it's about us, but ultimately it's about others, and that takes a minute for us to figure out. But sometimes, Pete, we think. Uh, Well, when I reach my dream, I'll help others. And I realized, no, you know what? It's helping others lead you to your dream. If you've seen that movie Blindside, there was a scene one time where they're talking about the young boy that is Michael Orr, and he becomes a professional football player still playing. Um, But um, one of the lady's friends who was raising him, she said, well, you're really changing that guy's life. And her response was, no, he's changing mine, because when you're really locking into somebody and you see their life change, it changes you and you get a better understanding. Anyway, let's go to the second dream. How how many of you like the first one so far? Okay, that's okay. One, two, three, four, five. All right. I'm going to get more of you on this one. This is going to be good. Number two is don't allow dream thieves to steal your dreams. Jesus told us the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He was talking about the devil. He's, the devil's real. And Jesus told us, warned us about it. And he said, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. And I believe that the enemy tries to kill your dreams, tries to steal them, tries to destroy them, because when that happens... Not only does it destroy you or take away that sense of a fulfillment, but it impacts many other people. Those that you influence. And so sometimes these dreams are stolen by the personification of discouragement or weariness or a sickness or a financial failure or something else. A business collapses and you think, well, you know, I don't know if I can do a business because I did it and and we lost all our money, but you know what? Successful entrepreneurs have usually failed a couple times, and they still keep going and they reach those dreams. You know, and and we have to be able to overcome them. But the thieves that I'll talk to you about to, today, one is the thief of misinterpreting the dreams, misinterpreting our dreams because. Um, You know, we we start out with just sort of a a self-oriented interpretation of it. So it takes a little bit of time to get the right interpretation. And, um, you know, if you uh, know about the story of Joseph, it's in Genesis. uh, And it's it's a significant story because of what we can learn from it. But God gives Joseph a dream like in the night from heaven and Joseph's all fired up about it, but his version of it is wrong. So he tells his brothers, he tells his family, and they hate him. They already hated him anyway. Now they hate him even more. I don't know if you know about this, but sometimes your family's not as excited about you reaching your dreams as you are. But he's, Joseph's like, hey... Look at this, I'm going to be so cool. I'm going to be like at the top of my game, and you guys are all going to admire me, that I'm your brother. This is awesome. And they're like, "We're going to kill you for. You know And so, um, but he's 17 when he gets that dream. It's a, it's a couple decades later. That he's gone through problems and difficulties. He went through betrayal and rejection and and they overlooked him and they forgot about him and they lied about him. And he went through all this stuff and then he reaches that place and he's in that dream. He's fulfilling that dream. And it's not that he was so cool. It was that he became a man that God could trust with that kind of authority that he would serve people and get food and resources to them because he cared about them. That is a life-changing experience. And so sometimes we interpret it one way, and we need a little help with it. And, um, you know, I don't, you've probably seen American Idol, and you've seen people that have a dream for their life. And they know that they're going to be a rock star, And you're listening and you're going, you're missing every note. There's not a chance. And Simon Cowell's telling them, do something else. And when Simon tells you, you know, you got to pay attention. And uh, so we can see it on TV in somebody else's life, but we have to have people in our life to help us interpret people that have gone before us and are achieving what we've done. And, and part of that's not just immaturity and, mat- and maturity and growing, but, but some of it is just development of our soul, our character. And I, I think about the scripture in Psalm 105, verse 19. It says, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. And what we find in the pursuit of dreams is that it usually takes you longer than you think it's going to, and that it costs you more than you thought it would. And that means I'm talking about costing you with time or with resources or emotionally or relationally. And you can see all that in the life of David. I mean, uh, David, yeah, you can in David too, but in Joseph's life. Um, and so these misinterpreting it can steal it from us, and uh, if we're pursuing it, we're asking God for cl- clarity. He'll lead us and show us. And one of the things as we're learning and interpreting, uh, I think it, it seems like today, and may- maybe it was true in our day too, but it seems like people are really impatient. Like they want it now. Like So we're, we've spent 30 years building a church, and some people want it like in 30 days or 30 weeks or They want to go now. And it's like, well, you have to learn and you have to go to school or you got to do whatever it is for your particular dream. But it's like they don't want to pay the price, but they want to get the result. And so there's that impatience because what happens is we've got to trust God. I think God tricks us just in case you don't you think you're not normal. Like if God told me what I had to go through to get to 30 years here, I may have said no thanks on the pastoring thing. I think he just told me, like, come on, it's going to be awesome. We're going to reach a lot of people. Trust me. Come on. Get out on the water. And so I'm like, can you tell me more? He's <laughs> like, no, you can't handle more. <laughs> you can't handle the truth, you know, so, um, which is true. So, uh, but you trust him. You learn to trust him more. And you continue to, to go with him in that. And I remember being young and, and um like 22 or 23, and I just, I just wanted to get on with my life. I wanted to find a woman I could love and, and get married. It's like, God, just show me who my wife is. And he wouldn't do it. And, you know, maybe he just thought I couldn't handle it. But um, let me just show you a picture of me when I was like 22 or 23. There I am right there in Orange County, Jesus Movement. That's what a hippie looked like back then. I hear it's coming back. And uh, so if he would have shown me who my wife Holly was, it would be like this. So she's like 15. And if I got it right, she's, that would be illegal in, in most states, except for maybe Arkansas. And, um, but So I'm like, God, show me. And he's like, just, be, just trust me. Take a little step at a time. And you're not ready. She's not ready. And I, I've always thought I was more ready than God ever did. I was like, trust me, I'm ready, honest, for whatever, you know, pastoring, leading. But you, you have to trust him. And uh, that's just part of reality. You appreciate the reality of, hey, it just takes a little work. Yeah. I think I lost people. I had five before, now I've got three. Okay. <laughs> Here's one that could help you. Here's what, after doing all these marriages and being married for 32 years myself, um, I think we should set people up with more reality in the wedding ceremony, you know, so when you're doing vows and you go love and honor for as long as you live, I think you should throw in things like this. This is my new one. I'm going to put in there. Do you promise to order your own fries if you want them instead of saying you don't want fries, then requesting a taste of his and eating roughly half of them? For as long as you both shall live, you know, because that's the stuff you've got to sort through when you're uh, trying to have a great marriage. Another uh, thief is uh, um, failures and setbacks. And uh, everybody has those. It, and the interesting thing I've noticed with people is often it's the big failure. If you will trust God and keep going, that sets you up to help people who've been down that road so whether it's an addiction or a divorce or a failure in business and you have this experience and you think oh man that disqualifies me maybe not you know maybe what that it becomes for you is that god says now that you've been through it not that he put you in it But you'll have compassion for others. You're learning how to overcome it. Maybe that's part of who you're, the difference you're going to make in the world is helping people who that thief tries to take out. Um, I I have found that the, uh, you know, we did a couple of marriage and relationship books. And basically we wrote them and wrote about all the mistakes we made. I'm just like, well, we didn't call it that. We said brilliant things we've done about marriage, but it really is we messed up first, and then went, oh, maybe I shouldn't try to change her. (laughs) Maybe she shouldn't yell out during service. You know, we just think all those things. (laughs) And and the last thief that maybe you uh, wrestle with is that inadequacy. Or um, just um, feeling unqualified or, or unprepared. And, you know, it's interesting because I would never be at the top of the class. So nobody teaching a leadership class would go, now, take Philip, for instance. He could lead a great church in L.A. They would never have picked me, and they didn't. Um, I was a d- in disguise. Um, and And so... God has a way of qualifying the unqualified. And so if you feel like you're a little uh, under equipped for the dream, it it could be still a valid dream because God calls us to do things that we can only do without only with him. Or we need other people. So you got to build a team. You got to have people in your life. You got you need God's help. And so when we first looked at it, we think. Oh, my gosh, how can I do this? Maybe it's not God's dream. Well, maybe it is. And it's going to be your chance to experience the miraculous. And uh, so don't let inadequacy. If you feel inadequate about the dream, Moses said, why me? I'm slow of speech. And and Gideon said, I'm from the weakest family and I'm the weakest guy. And I maybe got somebody else. And then everybody first, when they hear what God wants them to do, they think, well, you maybe got the wrong guy. And God always says this. Go because I called you, and go because I'll be with you. Yeah, and um, so it, it's it's good to be able to trust you. The last thing I'll tell you um, as you hear the music giving my, my cues, no, I'm just saying <laughs> This is to make this a very spiritual moment, so get ready. <laughs> this is going to get really good. Just a minute, I'm going to say, how many of you love this? So that's when you all go, yeah! That's my dream, so don't mess with me. <laughs> the The third point is reaching your dreams requires perseverance. Perseverance is the super quality that allows all other qualities in the spiritual realm to grow. Perseverance is the quality that allows all other qualities to uh, exist or be strong or flourish. Because anybody can get started but to finish and keep going is crucial. And it tells us in Hebrews ten thirty six, patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you'll receive all that he has promised. It's in our darkest moments that sometimes we learn the ability to trust God and to succeed over adversity. And with every great dream and with every great calling, there are great thieves, great obstacles. But with God, you can do it. You can overcome it. And um, so I want to encourage you to keep going. Don't give up. And get more clarity. You know, like we said, maybe some dreams are just not the right ones. Maybe they uh, were for you as a, a young person or a different season. And, but those God dreams, what are those? that are really going to make a difference in the world. And um, I want to pray for you here in just, just a moment. I want to pray for a couple of different things in your life that are so important. But I want to challenge you here. This is what we do at Oasis Church. And uh, I challenge people to, I would say, at any time. I started this in January once, and now I say it every month of the year. But I just say, why don't you give Movement Church a year? Why don't you give Movement Church a year of your life starting now, February 12th, until next February. And what I mean by giving it a year is just be all in. Do the Movement thing. So come to church regularly. Get involved. See how you can serve in hell. Be a giver. Get in small groups or the various things that they're doing. And just be fully engaged and see if in one year from now you don't have a faith that's stronger than you ever thought that you have friends that are better, that are stronger, that love Jesus, that you're, you're, you're more aware of his presence, you're more aware of him leading you, and you have more freedom in your life. And if you don't have those things, then reconsider what you're going to do next. But um, anybody can do something for a month or two. I mean, you can fake out somebody while you're dating them you and go to church for a couple months. That's never happened. And but a year allows you to love God and worship him during good times and then show up during bad times and worship him anyway. And somebody who lets you down, you still serve God and somebody you're serving treats you poorly or doesn't reciprocate and you keep doing it for him. You keep doing it for your heart, not for theirs and you, you, you are here when the worship is great and you're here when the sermon is great and you worship God if they miss a few notes or they don't sing well or there's a guest from L.A. preaching. You just keep coming and going, I'm going to learn. And there's something about that that develops you. And I can tell you right now, there's a lot less people in the gym this week than there was the first week in January because everybody can do a month. But let's just go for a lifelong experience with him. I want to encourage you to do that. God, I thank you for your presence here today. And thank you for the dreams that you've put in our life and that just inside of us wanting to come alive. And I pray for people here to have wisdom and and insight as to what you want them to do and how they can prepare and and move forward and allow the Holy Spirit to bring healing and renewal in their hearts. God, I pray that something that you put in them that has died would come alive today in this moment and they begin to dream again. I pray that you would show them how they can be a lover of people and serve others and make a difference in the world and have a life full of inspiration of fulfillment because of you. And now I just want to pray for one other category of person and and just stay with your heads bowed for a moment and in every service there are people here that maybe when you think about your faith in God and your relationship with him or your journey of faith that um, you you might feel far from God, or maybe you've really never made a decision yourself. I want to encourage you to th- think about um, you as a as an individual. Have you ever said at some point in your life, "Today I'm making the decision to put my faith in Jesus"? You know, often we rely on our friends' faith or our family's faith or experiences where we attended. But this is about have you. As an individual said, this is my decision. Millions of people all over this world and throughout history have made a similar decision. At one point, they say, yeah, I'm putting my faith in him. You could do that today. And what I'm going to do is just pray a prayer out loud. And if you've never made this decision or you made a decision like this a long time ago, but somehow you just got off track. Life. Overwhelmed you and you wouldn't feel like you're very close to God today I want to invite you to pray this prayer You can pray it quietly In your heart No one will hear it but God And God hears the prayers of your heart So I want you to pray something like this God I thank you for loving me And I thank you for loving me even when I didn't realize it And I thank you for sending Jesus for me And so today I'm making the decision to put my faith in Jesus. I want to trust Jesus with my soul, with my life, with my dreams, with my eternity. I need Jesus to heal my heart and wash my soul and cleanse me from failures and sin. Fill me with love so I can serve you with all of my heart, soul, and mind. In Jesus' name.